Six o'clock in a parking lot, and the sun comes down like a wave on the water. On the water, tide coming in, coasting through life like a wave on the water. Watch the birdie. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Jen and Her Jammies with me, Marvin Schneider, and the amazing Jen Ward. Hello, Jen. Hi, Marvin. Nice to see you. Darshan's back on deck. He's got his um, he's got his genuine healing cap on. I like that. I know, but this is freaking me out because guess, he's someone's doppelganger. Do you know what a doppelganger is? That the right word, doppelganger? Um, doppelganger. Yeah. You know who he's his and t tell us people if you see this, Ron Howard. And the director. No. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just like Ron Howard. It's like looking in the mirror. Okay, that wasn't the first thing that came to my mind, but please comment below <laughs> if you believe that that is Ron Howard, the doppelganger, or um, the doppelganger for I Ron think, Howard. I think Dashian's a little bit better looking. Right? Well, of course. I love his his mouth is like so expressive. He's happy. He he missed uh, recording, and he I'm sure he's happy to have Albert record, but he missed it. You can see that. Yeah. And his, um, his dapper in his outfit. You know, it's interesting. You know, I perceive an energy, right? I perceive energy. <laughs> Is so, that right? <laughs> Who knew? But that's, but that's why they're so animated to me. Cause I, cause like, cause since I perceive an energy, I, I can understand what they're doing in energy and they're actually having movement. Like, um, the other day, Albert was on the couch with all of the, the gang and he, and I was going to go like retire into the other room and do videos and decompress. And I swear he was struggling. He was kicking and struggling and trying to walk and get into the bedroom with me. It was like, it's so surreal when I see them moving in energy. I have to do these double takes. So this is Toy Story all over again. I think Toy Story did a, a great service to humanity and, and, um, and showing the um, showing what happens in energy and the interactions and all that, yeah, I think it's good. So um, the listener might be interested to know that this banter is in fact relevant to the topic, and we will get to the topic. <laughs> but before uh, before we do, a couple of interesting things to say. What's going on in genuine healing? So um, last Sunday we facilitated the first SFT facilitators workshop. Uh, we had 33 people on the call. Pretty amazing, wasn't it? Three hours. And um, we broke it down into half a dozen modules and pretty, pretty powerful, wouldn't you say? And well, we got some really good feedback. So, so we're gaining so much momentum energetically with what we do that we're in the past before, before I knew you and before we did this synergy of this work, I was just in battle mode all the time. Yep. And you see it in that old podcast where I'm just, oh, I'm in, you call it resting bitch mode or something. I didn't know. Um, but you're definitely in warrior mode. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. so, so now everything we do is like every session, it's just so magical and just so empowering. And 
I see how we're changing the trajectory of people's lives in one session. And yeah. so with that one group session, like you walk outside and it's more beautiful, it's more calm, there's an azure sky, it's like this, it's so like this golden presence and the birds are louder and it's crisper and smells sweeter. And yeah, and, and you can actually sense the shifts in all the world through the work we're doing, which is kind of like cool to be us at this point and cool to be the people who are doing the work. Yeah. So the interesting thing is that a lot, a lot of people that signed up for that SFT facilitators workshop, um, it's a, it's a teaching training mechanism. So it's not a private session. It's a group of people that come together that are wanting to learn the technique. Um, particularly well, if they want to become SFT facilitators, but there were a couple of people on the session that were just there because they wanted to, you know, know the mechanics better for themselves. And a couple, and a lot of people said afterwards that going into it, they thought they were just doing it for themselves. But then after the, the workshop, they could see yeah. where they could, um, actually yep. make a go at being a facilitator and put themselves out there that way. Yep. That's one thing I want to say. And the other thing I want to say is people have such an aversion to groups. I hate groups. I can't stand <laughs> groups because mm -hmm. I've always been like, I've, my energy has been bled out in the group and then I felt like, um, just depleted. We don't create a group consciousness in the same no. way. So when someone takes a workshop with us, it's like one-on-one -on -one training with each of them all together. Yep. So instead of like this group that's just feeding off each other, just weighing each other down, we're creating these starbursts out of everyone. Right. So um, let me just quickly describe what went down last Sunday. So it was a Zoom call. Um, I was the host, so the MC, Master of Ceremonies. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks, Jen, for handing that role over because that, you know, that was quite an intense role. Yeah. Um, keeping third, there were 36 people on the call, including you, me and Dennis. And um, so coordinating, you know, such a large group of people. So for the majority of the session, most people were on mute. Um, and basically it was you sort of your content. I was facilitating and we we're bing banging. But then we had a fantastic Q&A session towards the back end. And the questions were great. They were dynamic. Um, and the interesting thing coming out of that is that a lot of people on that session have asked for a series of follow-up sessions, just Q and A. Yeah. So to ask, so as they're working with the SFT protocols and clients and whatever, they want to have an opportunity to ask questions in a group setting, probably share their experience. So we're going to do that at least for the moment bi-monthly. Right. So that was that. Um, what else did I want to say about that workshop? We had really good feedback, really encouraged people to get on board with this. It's just a great way of engaging with genuine healing and Jen and the technique. It's just, it was, it was really amazing. One thing I will say though, after three hours, I was utterly exhausted. I don't know about you, Jen. And I, and, and I was just the facilitator, right? I mean, you were the primary content provider, but I was just utterly exhausted. And the questions kept coming and coming and coming and we're well beyond the three hours. And it's like, I was trying to give Jen that, you know, that the deathly stares like, you know, okay, Jen, time, time to wrap it up, you know, cause yeah. you know, we're well past the three hours and it's like, 
man, I had to go horizontal for the next, you know, 24 hours. I don't know what it was like for you. Byron, I live horizontal when I'm not on and doing sessions and writing. I know. Yeah, it's just, it's just like tag teaming because like you're sleeping when I'm waking. So you do all this content, <laughs> you're editing the books. Then you wake up and you got these, all these things for me to do. Bing, 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 bing. I Tusks. do them, all these tasks. I do those tasks and I'm exhausted. I go to sleep, you wake up, you, mm. you, and it's just this cycle. Yeah, we, we literally do have a 24-7 tag team across, you know, two hemispheres of the, uh, the planet. Okay, the other important thing to say um, before we get into the topic is the next workshop is the Rewriting Your Soul Contract workshop, mm -hmm. and it is being held on June 6th, 2 p.m. New York time. Please work out what that means for you. Sign up. Um, please it's that one's going to be an amazing workshop now originally we were contemplating having making the SFT facilitators workshop a uh, prerequisite but we have a whole bunch of people yeah. that want to come on the rewrite your soul contract workshop which is in one one week's time from this recording date um, that weren't able to come on the previous workshop. So, Jen, can you explain how people can make, how they can come onto the Rewrite Your Soul contract workshop and how to get the most out of it? Yeah, okay, so, yeah, a lot of people just, just are like coming upon it and it's lighting up for them. And at, yeah. at first we would, you know, because we're, we're like doing this on a need to know basis with the adepts. We're just doing yep. the adepts bidding and stuff. And at first yep. we thought like they'd have to do the SFT workshop first, but then people are asking me, can I do this? Do I have to do this? Can I become a facilitator? So I would say, yes, you can do it. You'll get the most out of it because it's on my website, be writing your soldier contract webs on the genuine healing website and yep. people can sign up, but on their honor system, I would suggest that they get to know the four protocols that we use. Um, yep. The four, maybe order the SFT lexicon book. Um, yeah, book. Yep. and um, if if they're like if they're like not used to my work and my sessions, I would highly suggest that they get themselves in for a session before next week if they can. There's still some yep. plots open, and yep. um, and if they're good. If they really want to do it as a facilitator or share and help other people yep. rewrite their soul contracts, they're going to want to sign up as, for the next next SFT facilitator. facilitators workshop, which we haven't scheduled yet, but we'll we'll work out yeah. uh, when that's going to be. So we've got a few other workshops scheduled ahead of it. Well, and and another way, of course, is um, view watch as many of the private sessions on YouTube as possible. Yeah. Now, the reason why we're suggesting all of these things, two reasons. One is the more background and familiarity you have with Jen, her work, the way she works, the SFT protocols, the way she runs private sessions, the more you're going to get out of it. So there's that. The other thing is that a good chunk of the people that did participate in the SFT facilitators workshop are rolling onto the rewrite your soul contract workshop. So we want to make sure that m most people in the group are roughly at the same point of understanding. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise <laughs> it breaks down the dynamic of the session. It's, it's, so here's the thing. 
it's considerate for the other people in the group that you know what you're doing. And yes. it's, and you know you can bluff it, because I bluffed my way all through school. <coughs> you know you can bluff it on the surface, but you're not bluffing it on the surface. I can see an energy where you are. Yeah. So in energy, you could be blocking people <coughs> and okay. yourself, which is fine. But if I have to help you cut through and bring you up really quickly, sometimes yep. there's a little bit of discomfort in there because the ego gets its feelings hurt or whatever. And it's yep. not the best way to go if you don't understand how I work. Yep. Right? <coughs> yeah. Okay. You seem to be coughing away. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let me talk while you take a sip of water. Um, so, yes, all of those things. Look, and rewriting your soul contract it's this is not a mickey mouse session this is quite possibly one of the most important things that you can do in your spiritual journey in this lifetime and to avoid sort of repeating things in you know the next dozen or even more lifetimes so you know this is not a small thing and we take it very seriously and um it's going to be a high impact session workshop and on, and on another level there's people out there like me who like I'm so used to like not not thinking about their own interests, and mm -hmm. will think, "Oh, I don't need this for me. I can do anything. I can deal with anything." But if you really want to help humanity, if you can't stand the suffering out there, if you can't mm -hmm. stand the bullies, if you can't stand what you're seeing, you not only are we rewriting the soul contract of individuals, we are actually rewriting the soul contract of Earth to get yeah. rid of all the suffering and the pain and the lack and the illusion mm -hmm. so good probably last thing before we get in is just want to give the listeners a bit of an update for those that are interested in how we're going in um, refreshing various books so we're currently working on the second edition of the sft lexicon so that's going to be an absolutely primary reference point it is going to be fundamentally different to the first edition so if you've ever bought the first edition don't get rid of it it is a um, you know, it's a keeper's item, definitely yeah. keep it. Yeah. Um, but it will be refreshed, a um, whole bunch of new content. And um, so we, we're going pretty good at it. And uh, two things that I want to say quickly before you jump in, Jen. Um, we're going to be offering it um, uh, direct from the Genuine Healing website, and we're going to be offering it in both ebook and uh, print version, print on demand. And in the print version, a lot of people have been asking us for a hardcover version as well as a soft cover because the, it's going to get used as a reference yeah. manual, if you like. It really is a life reference manual. So it is going to get used a lot, and so it does need to stand the test of time, hence the hardcover option. So, and the thing is, between you and the adepts, I don't get any sleep. I don't get any rest. It's like, he's <laughs> telling me i got to do all this. And the adepts are, are giving me all this stuff that has to be added in. And yeah. and it's like frustrating because I can't, I can't get, I'm falling asleep as I'm right here because it's like. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> I know. I'm not trying to. It's just, I'm like sometimes writing and I'm falling asleep and then it's all easy. <laughs> And stuff. And and exactly. <laughs> and I sent out emails screen. that look like that. Well, can you help me with my dog? Okay. And stuff. But it, oh, I, so yeah. So so the work is intense, and we're not complaining. We enjoy what we do and stuff. But we do. 
Yeah, but that's why, like, with the workshops and stuff, that's why, like, when they come along, it's great if you can jump in because we don't yeah. know, we don't know about how how much we can do in the physical. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very good. All right. <clears throat> the title of today's episode is "Procreating Out of Habit." Oh. Now, this is another one of these um, episodes where you got the nudge from the adepts to do it. Yeah. So, oh. can can you give us a little bit of context? Pro, so, procreating out of habit. Well, so what's frustrating? Uh, <laughs> what's frustrating is, like, there are some teachings, religious teachings, that think that that say go out there and multiply, and people take it um, literally, and they have. 19, there's a TV show here, 19 Kids and Counting, right? Okay. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. So they had to end the show because the oldest son was was outed as molesting his younger sisters. So they had to Ooh. cut the show off. So they did a revamp on it, and now it's counting on. And now every one of those 19 kids is up to, like, like banging them out as quick as possible two, three, four, every year, and everyone's a blessing. Now, the oldest son who who just got arrested on felony charges for for something, he's up to his seventh kid, and he's the oldest, and they're all following suit. And it's like, it's so frustrating because what's happening is it's just a selfish thing to think that you can serve that way when you're like, you're like, you have to think of the whole environment, the whole, you have to feed things, animals have to die so you can eat, grass, trees, everything else, every other ecosystem has to suffer when the humans populate at that level. And it's yep. just such a blind sight. And it's so frustrating that it, that happens. And um, there is a core issue that I've seen on the news because there are um, birth levels are dropping for the first time ever and on the news it's 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 a they're scared about it i'm saying yes yes the trees get to breathe the the animals get to live yes thank god and they're like terrified they say this is the first year that there'll be more senior citizens at at johnny's birthday party than children and it's like the whole thing that drives this procreation is to perpetuate one agenda like white people like want white people to procreate so they can keep the superiority because they're terrified that god forbid white skin is the most prevalent skin on the planet so there's there's a whole thing and then in 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 government systems over here they're terrified that there won't be enough young people to mm -hmm. put into social security to keep the older people alive in their senior citizens homes. Yeah, so, so there, there are um, demographic and social issues with an aging population. So, and I understand those very well, but you're gonna say a few other things. And I've yeah. got one, one in mind. So why not, instead of just keeping it going in this, why not empower people to be as healthy and empowered as they want? They can be. Okay, so you've hit mine straight away. And by the way, one of the sections in the SFT lexicon is all about aging 
and not agreeing with aging and and staying vibrant for naturally without mm-hmm. you know various yeah. western medical interventions for very long periods of time like like i think dying is overrated <laughs> is that so, right <laughs> who knew i cracked the code just don't die but that that's interesting because the adepts gave me as one of the subtitles of one of the blurbs that we're doing tasks on is death yep. itself yep. because the people people aren't afraid to die they're afraid of the process of dying okay so, and they're not afraid of dying, but then they're afraid of being separated from their consciousness. Like they don't mind if they die and on the other side, they're still them. Like, yeah, I'm still gonna be Jen if I cross over into the astral plane, causal plane, mental plane. Well, I'm gonna mm-hmm. be Jen all the way up, you know, if I decide even to cross over at all. Because mm-hmm. there are ways to maintain your health for a lot longer than, than people. So death is kind of like, almost like a word of mouth kind of like oh you gotta die you know and it's like it puts all these fears and and limitations mm-hmm. on the whole because what happens is people live in a perpetual state of like when they're a kid they're waiting to get to a certain age and they've arrived mm-hmm. and once they've arrived then they're waiting to like loom towards death yeah so it's like chasing time the whole yep. in your whole life cycle which isn't necessary do you, um, one of the things that you shared with me many, many months ago is this notion of being 35 in all moments. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so, okay. So this is really interesting. I talk to my cells a lot, right? And my cells, like, why do cells age? Like, it's not like it cells age. It's not like you get little cells that are there with little caves and stuff. Why? So what's happening is the cells from when you were a youth are not communicating to the cells from when you're older because they got a different messaging. So what we kind of do with the work you and I do is we fold time and space and I have the cells in my present body go back to the cells and when I was like 10, 15, enjoying life. Yes. And have them have them communicate directly to their their ancestor cells or whatever. And so yes. you fold that middleman of all the trauma and all that whatever. It's not yeah. necessary. That's right. And so even in the SFT lexicon and elsewhere in your workings, um, you are offering techniques to um, overcome. Yeah. The necessity to age. I'm, I'm not going to say that people won't age at this point, but I think what you're saying is that it's a choice and it's, it's not a necessity. Well, a couple interesting things about aging is in past eras, past eras, people were considered adults much younger than now. Yes. So 35 now would be considered an old person back then. Yes. So people don't know how to age because they were taken out by natural causes too yes. early. So <laughs> yes. they need to be they need to learn how to age and not have it affect them. Yes. And they they want to go out in a blaze of glory, but that's not Yeah. That's not the most awakening. Well, thing. well in in the past they may have wanted to go out 
in a blaze of glory. But these days you don't have to. And if you don't have the muscle memory of, you know, aging gracefully, then yes, I can imagine aging is a, you know, it's a traumatic experience. But that's because people bring all their engrams. That's what ages is. is all, whenever we have a birthday, whenever we have a birthday, we we remember like that we existed that age and then it becomes a cut out off point. I, I, I don't know if I just told you about this. Maybe it was in the workshop. This woman came to me who was 83 years old and she, her health suddenly went down mm-hmm. really drastically. Yep. And then in her session, she, it was so obvious when she was younger, much younger, she went to a psychic and the psychic thought she was doing her a favor and said, you're going to die when you're 83. Yeah. It's like, who the freak are you to tell someone when, you know, it's like, that's a curse, isn't it? It is a curse. And that's what we did. We removed the curse of that woman from her. Mm-hmm. Her health snapped up immediately during the session and she bounced out of it. And this, it's been like a few years now and she's, she's past that, but that was going to take her out. Yeah. So, so people have to watch what they tell other people. They internalize mm. it. They think that, you know, Mm. everybody's psychic so when you give these professions based on everything's tainted by your own um experiences as well so don't limit someone else by what you tell them like in the sessions i don't even show people their past lives unless we release it first and we change it so it's not a hindrance but i just wouldn't say to someone oh your family hates you and good luck with your life you know (laughs) sucks being you Bye. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. And, and that's, um, that's been really clear to me right from the beginning working with you is that you do go back, you do, you do reach into past lives, but you only do that if A, there's a purpose and, and B, you then, and you tell them about it, but you then sort of address the issue. Because, because it's the- cruel and unusual punishment to be told something traumatic and then go, okay, bye, see ya. Exactly. And that's what, that's what um, some people do is like, it's not fascinating. It's, it's like, okay, you're in this hell and uh, I don't know how to get you out of it, but, but this is it. <laughs> Good luck because, with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Akashic records that have been most traumatic are the ones that are like right there. They're right there. And yeah. so... Um, it's really easy to see those and really easy to release them. And then it is like unpeeling an onion because you do the ones that come up first, like first impressions are like what you release first. And people have the tools now with the SFT protocols to do it. Got to do another quick plug for the neck. So the the workshop after the rewrite your soul contract is going to be all about honing your healing prowess and it will be all about how to perceive in energy how to read akashic records those kinds of things yeah because i get tired of people well i shouldn't say that it sounds crass and ungrateful but people say oh jen has so many talents i can't do that i was just as lost as the next poor bastard right before and the and people ask me when did you realize you had talents well, I really didn't. I don't know. I'm waiting to realize I have talents. You know that I don't like take what I do for granted. You don't think I, you you know I don't think I do something that other people don't think, right? Yeah. So it's not like I'm sitting around and 
I, sitting on laurels thinking I do something that other people do. But people ask, when did you realize you had talents? And it was what, like, I had this big family that was always making fun of me. So I was smart enough to know that if I made fun of myself first, I was saying, I'm smarter than you. So right. I would make the joke at my own expense. And so when I stopped doing that, and I stopped programming my brain to be that their, their muse or their goofball or whatever, yep. my brain shifted almost instantly. And then I, oh, okay, this is what life is about. I'm not the idiot. Stop telling your brain it's the idiot. Yeah. No, you're the dynamic healer. And and so, so everything that I do is like just being aware of that I'm already doing it. There's, there's so many amazing people out there and they have all the sticks and they all have all the raw materials to be such a dynamic force for healing in the world. Yeah. And they just have to get out of their own way. So what I'm doing is everything that I do is like perceiving energy. Um, reading Akashic records, um, yep. what else? Um, um, creating these core tabs that go right to the heart of a person's issues. Yeah, that's all. That's all taught, and yep. and that's what I'm going to be teaching people in that one. It's just. Yep. Very good. I re I reckon that's going to be a doozy as well. Do you know that expression, doozy? Yeah, we have doozy. Doozy, yeah. good. Okay, so the other aspect of this topic, procreating out of habit, relates to your plushies. Can you talk to that? This was an epiphany, and my friend, right? Michelle, right? It is right. You know right. what I'm going to say. And my friend Michelle, I told her about this, and she loves her grandchildren. She loves her children, but I told her this, and it was like it just opened up her whole awareness. And hopefully, this will go into the collective. So I'm loving Darshan. And I play with toys. I play with Play-Doh. If I want a toy, I'll buy a toy. I didn't have toys as a kid, right? So people who procreate, they're doing so, I would say like 90%. Would you say, knowing what's coming, wouldn't you say 90%? Well, let's finish it off. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. actually not going to put a percentage on it because I don't have an opinion on the topic. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So I think 90% of the people who have kids, Mm-hmm if it's not like being forced because of family obligations mm -hmm. it's because they have been stunted in their ability to like connect with their own childhood they've been forced to grow up and let go of their toys and let go of their play and had to be responsible so mm -hmm. now they're living vicariously into the childlike world through their babies and their children yep so i say let's cut out the middleman stop having the children just for the sake of being able to tune into their world yep and and have children and keep your own childhood keep your own imagination alive and see if you still have that desperate need to have a child right because there's there are other avenues for satisfying that need to reconnect to your child experience that you may or may not have experienced in the way that you wanted to right. and and one of those ways is through the inanimates right so or just just the childlike wonder that it represents so say you have like people who are talented like talented musicians and um, actors and um, artists and poets and then Reality hits and their parents say, no, you can't make a living that. You have to get a job. You have to be a doctor, la, la, la. So yep. they have to shut all that down. 
Yeah. And so shut that down, buckle in school, learn, mm-hmm. and then they they have a family, and then, oh, ooh, the toys are so fun. You know how many fathers play with their kids' toys and their <laughs> and everything? Because they uh, love that thing. I did the Lego thing with my mm-hmm. boys. Yeah. And, uh, oh, no, hang on. So Meccano and Lego. We don't, I don't know what Meccano is. Okay, it's just, it's... It, it's probably more directed towards boys, so it's a construction kit. Oh, it's a little okay. bit like Lego, but how about making Lincoln stuff. Logs? Do you know what Lincoln Logs are? No, but anyway. No, that's okay. They're probably based on Abraham Lincoln, which is an American. So he built his own cabin and whatever, so it's probably Lincoln right. Logs. But anyways, yeah, so those building and stuff. So, so imagine if those same people who had to grow up and to be doctors, lawyers, whatever, got to do what they wanted, got to go to art school, got to be the musician, got to go and travel the world and have fun and adventure. They wouldn't be so inclined to have to have those children as a form of validating who they are at the core. Okay, so using the children as a surrogate for their own desire. Right, I was going to say desire to reconnect to their own lost childhood, but yes, thank you for that. What an interesting perspective. I think it's a huge epiphany. And I think the more that we that we um, give people permission not to have children, like, yep. please. Uh, and you know what's really interesting? People cut down trees so randomly. Trees, mm-hmm. the average tree gives much more service to humanity than the average human. Mm-hmm. Like trees... Actually, they exchange oxygen for carbon dioxide, so yeah. that's, there's that. But what people don't even realize is that trees keep humans from going insane. Yeah. Because what they do is they exchange all that stagnant trauma that is, yeah. is going on in the psyche of the humans. Yeah. They exchange that for clarity, peace, and love. Right, and we've definitely spoke about that before on a previous podcast. Um, well, I would like to see like people who go crazy and like go nuts. I would like to see the the uh, someone do a study about the people who are most unbalanced in the world, how close they are to trees or how removed they are from trees and stuff. Because yeah, well, look, um, from my own perspective, I get a lot of decompression benefit in going for a walk breathing fresh air thankfully we have good quality good air quality where i live and we have a lot of parks and um, a lot of trees did you kiss that gum tree yeah yeah i did yeah yeah i did yeah did you lick it i did actually oh good yeah good so so when you lick a tree you're giving it your dna coordinates so it can be your healer then yeah yeah. yeah, I I licked a sycamore the other day because I didn't have a sycamore. Okay. And, and so, no, oh, it's <laughs> no. I went to Starbucks and then there was this huge, beautiful tree and it was azure. It was after the retreat and everything, and it just wanted me to come over and it was shocked that I actually listened. So I went over and I just spent time with it and I actually licked it and Michelle licked it too, and we just like we're loving on the tree and it was just. You know, those. you ask me if I experience joy and then I cry because I don't have many human experiences with people with joy and everything. 
But in that moment with that tree, mm. I know exactly what you're talking about, the incredible joy. of. Oh, life. look, and for me, I get some of my best joy out of really simple pleasures like just standing outside when the sun is shining on a mm -hmm. cold winter's day, which it is today, so I'm all rugged up. I've got three or four layers on. It was freezing this morning, at least from our perspective, cool, because we don't have yeah. snow here, but, you know, it was cold. And um, so, you know, it's cold outside, but today is a very sunny day, not a cloud in the sky. And so just standing outside and allowing the the rays of sunlight to hit you, penetrate you, and it's like, okay, this is really cool. I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. So, yes. So, yeah, I... Yeah, finding joy in simple pleasures is definitely uh, something worth. I'd, I'd recommend it uh, if anyone Absolutely. is listening. And there, as, as a matter of fact, in a way, I don't know any. There's only two things. Well, there's a very limited thing that brings joy, and one of them is service. So that's yep. why you know, sharing. You know, I can't believe that I get to like help people. Like people actually want to know things that I know, and yep. that it helps them. So that's why, you know, I don't mind like working myself to a nub because that's such such an honor. Yeah. And then just, you know, of course, being present with you and getting to enjoy, you know, being present with your company and Darshan's and the kids yeah. and, um, and just the joy of nature. I didn't realize until very recently that the wind talks to us as well. Yeah. I didn't know that the wind had its own voice. And it does. And uh, people who who message in will say, of course, Jen. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Get a clue. But, yeah, I, I mean, I know the rocks, too, and all life does. But yeah. Did you ever, did you ever like, sit on the grass and randomly pick, uh, uh, just pick a piece of grass and cut it up? And, uh, oh, look, I'm, yes, I've done that. So I can't do that anymore because I sit there and then I get yelled at by the piece of grass. <laughs> Why did you do that? And, and then he just berates me. What, you know, how would you like it? What would you, you know, who do you think you are and stuff? And so I get berated by nature if I fall back and don't give it the respect it deserves. Fantastic. What an uplifting way to end this episode. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Darshan. Thank you, listeners. Please like, share, subscribe, comment. Sign up for the workshops. Time's ticking. Sign up for the workshops. They're, they're seriously say, powerful. Can I just say that this is an opportunity on the place. This is the reason why people incarnated, to do the work that we're doing. You know, I've been killed for saying less and doing less in a past lifetime. <laughs> this is the opportunity. And people in their past lifetimes, they have begged for this opportunity. Yep. Sorry, I hate it when you hate it when you're you got your wind out, you're almost out, and then I start. <laughs> I love irritating you that way, but I don't. Well, so. look, you haven't. Um, you've missed the opportunity to throw me under the bus in this episode, but I'm sure your you know your mind is working as to you know <laughs> what you can use to throw me under the bus next time. And it's so funny, you know, in in the workshop. It, it's look, it's really funny. All of the participants on the workshop, they have been avid Jen and her Jami's watchers, and they've pretty much watched most of your private sessions. So they know the joke about being thrown under the bus. <laughs> and so <laughs> during the workshop, you know, there was a moment when you were throwing me under the bus and people were sort of clapping and cheering and going, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Don't you? No, okay. I, I certainly do. <laughs> 
was it about? So I, I can't remember what the topic was, but I can remember people were just laughing at the idea of you throwing me under the bus. So I'm sure that will come in in the next episode. So let's um, let's wind this one out. Thank you again, Jen. Thank you, Dashi, and thank you, listeners. Please like, share, subscribe, comment. Bye for now. Bye for now. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, please.